Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. We have a better covenant upon better promises, and we have a better relationship with God. We were at such a desperate place that Andrew, it was like life. It was just life that was coming from the television. And every area in our life has been turned right side up. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today is my second day of a teaching that I've entitled, Self-Centeredness, the Source of All Grief. And this is my least popular teaching that I have. People hate this and think, well, that doesn't apply to me. If that's the way you think, you are very self-centered. I tell you, yesterday I gave an introduction to this teaching. I would encourage you to go back to our website and listen to yesterday's because the introduction I gave, I think, was very appropriate and it would help everybody agree with this. I have this teaching. It's just a little booklet. There's not very many pages in this. It's only 60 pages and we're offering this as our free gift. And I also have this in Spanish. It's, it's uh, obvious to me, I'm not going to try and pronounce this in Spanish, but it's definitely talking about egocentric is what it's talking about. Uh, I can read that. And that is exactly what is the problem in our life, is the fact that we are just egocentric. We are selfish. We think about everything only from our own perspective. And here's a verse that I used yesterday. I want to go back because most people, they would think, this is not right. If I wasn't reading this from Scripture, if I just made this statement, I can guarantee you 99% of all of the people watching this program would say, that is not true. But let me share with you what the Word says in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 10. Only by pride cometh contention. I'm just going to take that portion of that verse. Only by pride. It's not a leading cause. It's not one of the reasons. It's not a main reason. It's not the top. It's not in the top 10 list. It's the only thing that causes contention. In Proverbs 17, 14, talks about contention being the beginning of strife. So the only thing that causes strife in your life is your pride. And again, I say that the vast majority of people watching this program say that is not true. That's what the Scripture says. And a lot of people, they don't care what the Scripture says. What they think, what they've grown up with is going to dominate them, and they don't care what the Bible says. Let me ask you, how's that working for you? Those of you who are rejecting this and saying, I don't believe that. It is not what I've done. It's not anything to do with me thinking about myself. It's what this person has done that has made me angry and has caused all of this grief and all of this problem. If you think that and you're rejecting what the Bible says, let me ask you, how are you do doing dealing with strife? Are you a happy person? Are you able to walk free and have forgiveness and have no problems in your life? You know, I can say this to the glory of God, not to my credit, but I had to cooperate and receive it, but it was God that's worked in my life. And I can truthfully say that there isn't one person on this planet that I am mad at, that I have anything against. Now, there's people that we certainly disagree with, but I'm not mad at them. You know, there's some political figures that I think are just demon-possessed, that they are doing bad things. But you know what? I don't hate them. I actually pray for them. I remember something on TV recently that I was watching and a person, boy, just made my skin crawl. I disagreed with everything that they were doing. 
And yet, as that was going on, I prayed for him and I said, Father, I pray that you'd change this person's life. I'm not against them. And, you know, I could forgive them if they were to do something personal towards me. I don't have a person on this planet. I don't, I don't agree with everybody. I'm not going to endorse and accept and just agree with everything that other people do, but I'm not mad at anybody. Can you say the same thing? And again, I'm not saying that I've arrived, but I'm saying I've left. I'm saying this is not the way it would have been with me normally. And the reason is because of these things that I'm saying right here. I learned that it's not what other people are doing to me that makes me angry. It's what's on the inside of me that causes me to respond to them the way I do that makes me angry. It's actually my selfishness. Only by pride comes contention. You know, I ministered on this in Pueblo, Colorado back probably 25 or 30 years ago. I remember the night well. We drove down there in a snowstorm and there was very few people that showed up. I was ministering in a little small church and there probably wasn't over 50, 100 people there during this blizzard. And anyway, I ministered on this exact same thing and I remember this little Mexican guy. He was short. He was only like this tall, but he came marching up to me and put his finger in my chest and was punching me in the chest. And he says, I do not believe this. He says, I am not a prideful person. He says, if uh, of everybody in this place, I probably have the lowest self-esteem. I feel terrible about myself. I have no self-confidence and on and on he went talking about how low self-esteem he had. And he says, yet I am a very angry person. He says, people tick me off. He says, I get mad. I lose my temper. I'm always in trouble. It is not pride that causes my anger. And so what I had to do when I talked to him, I said, the problem is you think that pride is only exalting yourself and thinking that you're better than everybody else. That is one manifestation of pride, but it's like having a stick. If you had a stick here, it's got two ends to it. And one end over here could be arrogance, where you exalt yourself and think you're superior to everybody else. But the opposite end, it's still part of the same stick. Did you know that low self-esteem is a super manifestation of pride? And man, I can just hear people shocked <laughs> all over the world, because this is not what people think. People think pride is only this arrogance. Pride at its core is self-centeredness, just like this title in Spanish. I can't pronounce it, but I know what it's saying. It's talking about egotism, e egocentric, being focused on self. That is the, that's the root of pride. If you take the word pride, P-R-I-D-E, the center of that is I. It's all about me. It's all about self. A person who is self-centered is a prideful person. And so I'm going to say some things here that you're going to have to brace yourself, sit down, get your seatbelt on. This will shock some of you. But did you know that shy, timid people are super proud people? Now, again, they may not be arrogant. They may not think they're superior. They may feel inferior to everybody else. And that's the reason for their shyness and timidness. But at its core, pride is self-centeredness. And a person who is timid and shy and introverted is constantly thinking about themselves.
THEY'RE CONSTANTLY THINKING ABOUT HOW AM I GOING TO LOOK AND WHAT AM I GOING TO SAY? AM I GOING TO SAY SOMETHING STUPID? AND THEY GET PARALYZED WITH FEAR BECAUSE THEY DON'T WANT THE REJECTION THAT COULD COME FROM IT. YOU KNOW WHAT THAT IS? THAT'S PRIDE. THAT'S SELF-CENTEREDNESS. AND I CAN SAY THIS WITH CONVICTION BECAUSE THIS IS WHO I WAS. YOU KNOW, AROUND MY FAMILY AND AROUND PEOPLE WHO WERE MY CLOSE CIRCLE OF FRIENDS, PEOPLE WHO I WAS GUARANTEED THAT THEY WERE GOING TO LOVE ME REGARDLESS, WELL, THEN I WAS OKAY. BUT YOU PUT ME IN FRONT OF PEOPLE THAT I DIDN'T KNOW. I WAS AN INTROVERT TO THE MAX. I REMEMBER AS A STUDENT IN HIGH SCHOOL, I WAS 17, 18 YEARS OLD. I WAS WALKING DOWN THE STREET, AND A MAN JUST WALKED DOWN THE STREET AND SAID, GOOD MORNING. AND I, HE WAS TWO BLOCKS DOWN THE STREET. I WAS SITTING IN MY CAR, AND I FINALLY SAID, GOOD MORNING. I COULDN'T EVEN SAY HI TO A PERSON. I COULDN'T LOOK AT A PERSON IN THE FACE AND TALK TO HIM. I WAS SO SHY. AND YOU KNOW WHAT IT WAS? I CAN TELL YOU WHAT WAS GOING ON INSIDE OF ME. I WAS THINKING ABOUT, AM I GOING TO SAY SOMETHING STUPID? AM I GOING TO STUMBLE OVER MY WORDS? YOU KNOW, I'M A HICK FROM TEXAS. I'VE HAD PEOPLE, I'VE HAD PEOPLE IN CHICAGO HAVE ME STAND UP IN A RESTAURANT WITH A HUNDRED PEOPLE AND JUST SAY, LISTEN TO EVERYBODY, AND THEY HAVE ME TALK, AND EVERYBODY IN THERE LAUGHS AT ME. I'VE HAD PEOPLE COMPARE ME TO GOMER Pyle, AND ON AND ON. AND ANYWAY, BECAUSE OF THAT, I WAS SHY. I WAS TIMID. I WAS THINKING ABOUT, MAN, I'M NOT A SPEAKER. I CAN'T DO THESE THINGS. AND I WAS AFRAID THAT I WOULD SAY SOMETHING WRONG. I WAS AFRAID THAT THE ONLY TIME I'D OPEN MY MOUTH WOULD BE TO CHANGE MY FEET. THAT I WAS ALWAYS STICKING MY FOOT IN MY MOUTH. I WAS ALWAYS DOING SOMETHING WRONG. AND YOU KNOW WHAT THAT IS? THAT'S PRIDE. THERE ARE SOME OF YOU WATCHING THIS PROGRAM RIGHT NOW THAT JESUS HAS CHANGED YOUR LIFE. YOU HAVE BEEN TOTALLY TRANSFORMED. THERE'S SOME OF YOU THAT HAVE BEEN HEALED. SOME OF YOU HAVE BEEN DELIVERED. MANY OF YOU PROBABLY COME OUT OF ALCOHOLISM, DRUG ADDICTION. GOD HAS DONE SOMETHING IN YOUR LIFE. YOU HAVE A RELATIONSHIP WITH GOD THAT COULD CHANGE OTHER PEOPLE'S LIVES. AND YET, IF WE WERE IN A MEETING, AND LET'S SAY THAT THERE WAS A THOUSAND PEOPLE IN THIS MEETING, AND GOD HAD DONE SOMETHING IN YOU THAT WAS EXACTLY WHAT I'M TALKING ABOUT, IT WOULD BE A GREAT ILLUSTRATION. AND IF I WAS TO SAY, WOULD YOU COME UP HERE AND SHARE WITH THEM WHAT'S HAPPENED? THERE'S SOME OF YOU THAT HAVE THE TRUTH, AND IT'S NOT JUST THEORY WITH YOU, IT'S SOMETHING THAT'S WORKING IN YOUR LIFE. AND YET, IF I WAS TO PUT YOU IN FRONT OF A THOUSAND PEOPLE, YOU'D FREEZE. WHY? BECAUSE YOU ARE THINKING ABOUT YOURSELF. AM I GOING TO SAY SOMETHING WRONG? AM I GOING TO DO SOMETHING WRONG? Or pe- WHAT ARE PEOPLE GOING TO THINK ABOUT ME? YOU AREN'T THINKING ABOUT THE OTHER PEOPLE. YOU KNOW, BECAUSE, LIKE I WAS TELLING YOU, I WAS AN INTROVERT AND I JUST HAD TROUBLE IN FRONT OF PEOPLE THAT I DIDN'T KNOW. I MEAN, I WAS PETRIFIED. AND YET, I HAD THIS CALL OF GOD ON MY LIFE TO MINISTER THE WORD. AND FOR TWO YEARS, I TRIED TO MINISTER THE WORD, AND IT WAS PITIFUL. A LOT OF PEOPLE THINK IT'S PITIFUL NOW, BUT IT WAS MORE PITIFUL BACK THEN. AND I I WOULD JUST GET UP AND MINISTER, AND IT WAS SO BAD THAT I MEAN MANY, MANY TIMES I SWORE, GOD, I'LL NEVER EMBARRASS YOU OR ME AGAIN. I'LL NEVER TRY AND MINISTER AGAIN. BUT IT WAS LIKE FIRE SHUT UP IN MY BONES, JEREMIAH 20, VERSE 9. AND I JUST COULDN'T STOP. I WOULD TRY AND SPEAK AGAIN. AND FOR TWO YEARS, IT WAS JUST THIS CONSTANT BATTLE OF TRYING TO MINISTER, TRYING TO FOLLOW WHAT GOD TOLD ME TO DO. AND YET IT WAS JUST PITIFUL. AND YOU KNOW WHY? BECAUSE I WAS SELF-CENTERED, WORRIED ABOUT WHAT PEOPLE WERE THINKING ABOUT ME. AND ONE TIME AFTER I MINISTERED, I REMEMBER A MAN CAME UP, AND HE DIDN'T MEAN THIS BAD. HE WAS OPERATING IN LOVE. He He was inspired by the Lord. 
And he came up to me and he says, you know, you've got some good things to say. And if you ever got more concerned about the people you're ministering to than you were about yourself and what they thought about you, you could be a blessing. Man, that was like a dagger in my heart. It hurt, but it bore, it rang true. And it was exactly what the problem was. I had the Word of God living on the inside of me. It was changing my life, but I was not free to share it because I was so concerned about me. And am I going to look good? Am I going to get up there and stumble and not know where Scripture is or something like this? And it was just all about me. And I tell you, that was a major turning point in my life. When I saw that, I REPENTED AND I STARTED PRAYING AND SAYING, GOD, I DON'T CARE WHAT I LOOK LIKE. YOU USED AN OLD DONKEY ONE TIME AND YOU SPOKE THROUGH BALAAM'S DONKEY TO HIM. IF YOU USED A DONKEY, IT WASN'T BECAUSE THAT DONKEY WAS SPIRITUAL OR ANYTHING. I MEAN, IF YOU COULD USE A DONKEY, YOU COULD USE ME. AND I JUST GOT OVER MYSELF. IT WASN'T INSTANTANEOUS, BUT THAT WAS WHEN IT BEGAN AND I GOT TO WHERE I'M MORE CONCERNED ABOUT PEOPLE THAN I AM MYSELF. YOU KNOW, WE'VE NOW BEEN MAKING TELEVISION PROGRAMS FOR uh, 20 YEARS. THIS IS OUR 21ST YEAR OF TELEVISION. AND YOU COULD ASK MY CREW. I THINK THERE'S ONLY TWO OR THREE TIMES, MAYBE, MAYBE THREE TIMES IN 20-SOMETHING YEARS, OVER 5,000 TELEVISION PROGRAMS THAT WE'VE STOPPED AND STARTED OVER. ONE TIME I TOTALLY FORGOT WHERE A SCRIPTURE WAS AND I STUMBLED SO BAD I THINK I STOPPED AND STARTED OVER. ANOTHER TIME I SNEEZED AND ANOTHER TIME I THINK I COUGHED. AND THOSE ARE THE TIMES THAT WE HAVE STARTED OVER. OTHER THAN THAT, WHEN I SAY SOMETHING STUPID, WHEN I DON'T FIND A a SCRIPTURE RIGHT AWAY AND I STUMBLE OVER MY WORDS, I'VE JUST GOTTEN OVER MYSELF. AND I'M NOT SAYING THAT I COULDN'T DO THINGS BETTER AND I ADMIRE OTHER PEOPLE WHO ARE A LOT MORE POLISHED THAN I AM, BUT YOU KNOW WHAT? GOD IS USING ME IN SPITE OF MYSELF AND I HAVE JUST GOTTEN TO WHERE I AM NOT ABOUT WHETHER I DO EVERYTHING PERFECTLY, WHETHER I SAY IT RIGHT OR NOT, I AM OUT TO REACH YOU. I'M MORE CONCERNED ABOUT YOU. AND I'M TELLING YOU, THESE THINGS I'M SHARING RIGHT HERE, THEY HAVE TRANSFORMED MY LIFE. THIS CHANGED ME WHEN I QUIT THINKING ABOUT, GOD, MAKE THIS PERSON QUIT TALKING BAD ABOUT ME. GOD, MAKE THIS PERSON DO THIS. MAKE THIS PERSON TREAT ME RIGHT. GOD, THIS PERSON DIDN'T RECOGNIZE ME. NOBODY'S GIVEN ME MY DUE uh, REWARD. WHEN I QUIT THINKING LIKE THAT, AND I JUST GOT OVER MYSELF AND GOT TO WHERE IT DOESN'T MATTER IF PEOPLE HONOR ME THE WAY THAT I THINK THAT THEY SHOULD. IT DOESN'T MATTER IF PEOPLE CRITICIZE ME. INSTEAD OF ME THINKING ABOUT, OH, GOD, LOOK WHAT THEY SAID ABOUT ME, I THINK ABOUT, GOD, WHAT'S GOT THEM SO UPSET? WHAT IS GOING ON WITH THEM? WHY ARE THEY SO TICKED OFF? HOW COME THEY HAVE SUCH A SHORT FUSE? WHEN YOU START THINKING ABOUT OTHER PEOPLE INSTEAD OF YOURSELF, IT CHANGES YOUR REACTIONS. AND LET ME GO BACK TO THIS POINT. SOME PEOPLE ARE SAYING, BUT I CAN'T BELIEVE THAT IT'S PRIDE. AGAIN, IT'S BECAUSE MOST PEOPLE DON'T DEFINE PRIDE PROPERLY. LET ME GO OVER TO THIS PASSAGE IN NUMBERS CHAPTER 12. THIS IS A POWERFUL PASSAGE OF SCRIPTURE. IN NUMBERS CHAPTER 12, VERSE 1, IT SAYS, AND MIRIAM AND AARON SPAKE AGAINST MOSES BECAUSE OF THE ETHIOPIAN WOMAN WHOM HE HAD MARRIED, FOR HE HAD MARRIED AN ETHIOPIAN WOMAN. ETHIOPIANS WERE BLACK. MOSES WAS A JEW. HE HAD THAT 
olive complexion uh, look. And so this was an interracial marriage. And Moses' brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron, were criticizing him for marrying a black woman. And it says in verse 2, And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. And look at this in verse 3. It says in parentheses, this is a parenthetical phrase. Now Moses was very meek above all the men were upon the face of the earth. And it goes on to say that God got angry and smote Miriam with leprosy. Somebody says, well, what do you think about interracial marriages? Well, this to me is the commentary, the Bible commentary. God was not pleased with people that criticized interracial marriages. Now, I admit that, you know, there are some social things that go along with it, and I'm not saying that it's not going to have some problems and stuff like this, but if you want to know what the Scripture says, God struck Miriam with leprosy for criticizing Moses for marrying a black woman. That settles the issue for me. I am not against it. And anyway, he went on and struck her with leprosy, and then Moses interceded for her and pled for her, and God healed her after seven days, and she was delivered. But here's the point I'm wanting to bring out. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 3, after they had criticized Moses, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. That is one amazing statement. We don't know how many people were on the earth at that time. You know, now we have over 7 billion people on this planet. Back in these days, I don't know, but I know that there was 3 million Jews that Moses led out of the promised land. And if there were 3 million Jews and they were the minority in Egypt, that means there was over 3 million people in Egypt, probably twice that many. Who knows? And then there was all of the people that lived in the land of Canaan and, and Ethiopia and all. I mean, there was hundreds of millions of people on the planet. And out of all of the people on the planet, Moses was the meekest man upon the face of the earth. That is some statement. That is phenomenal. And you know what even makes this better? Moses is the one who wrote this. Moses wrote Numbers. He wrote the first five books of the Bible. He was inspired by God to write this. Moses said he was the meekest man on the earth. Now see, according to most people's definition of pride, they think pride is just exalting yourself and, and being arrogant and putting everybody else down, looking down your nose, thinking you're superior to everybody else. But pride is simply self-centeredness, self-exaltation, focused on yourself instead of being focused on other people and submitted to God. It would have been pride on Moses' part if God inspired him to write that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. If God inspired him to write that, and if Moses would have said, but what are people going to think about me if I write that I am the meekest man on the face of the earth? And if he would have thought, what are people going to think about me? You know what that is? That's pride. Pride is not only going above what you are supposed to be and say about yourself, but pride is debasing yourself because you don't want anybody to think you're in pride. And so you criticize yourself, put yourself down. You know, in the church that I grew up in, I remember this one lady who had this kind of operatic voice. You could tell she'd been trained. 
And I didn't like it that much. I didn't like this opera style. But nonetheless, she had this really nice voice. And every time she got up to sing a special, she would get up and say, well, you know, I know that I don't have a very good voice, but the Bible says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And so I'm just doing this as unto the Lord. Y'all pray for me as I sing. That was just a religious con. And then she'd start singing and she had this operatic voice. I can guarantee you that wasn't humility. What that was, she was trying to present herself as you as being humble. She was very proud of her humility. And so she would put her voice down. But when she started singing, you could tell she had a trained voice. It's not wrong for a person to say that, you know, that they can sing well, if they can sing well. It's not wrong for them to say that. Uh, Humility isn't going above what you should say about yourself, but it's also not debasing yourself and putting yourself down in a religious false humility type of way. And you know, you could prove that because you could go to that same person during the week, see them in the grocery store. And if you were to say, you know what, I agree with you. I think you really do have a sorry voice. It was terrible, but you made a joyful noise to the Lord. Tell them that and see if they go, well, this is what I was telling you. I believe that. No, they didn't believe it. This was just a way of putting themselves down, hoping that you would come up and say, oh, you shouldn't say that about yourself. Your voice was beautiful. It was really good. And you give them that little pat on the back. It's a backhanded way of trying to get a compliment is to put yourself down, hoping that they will exalt you. That's pride. So pride isn't only arrogance. Pride is this debased attitude. This young, this small uh, Mexican guy that came up and said, I don't have pride. I have a low self-esteem. People with low self-esteem are very prideful people. They are very focused on themselves. You know what true humility is? It's loving God and loving other people more than you love yourself. And you don't have an agenda. You, don't ha you aren't trying to promote yourself nor debase yourself. It's just not about you. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's about loving other people. You go through the day instead of like being like a vacuum cleaner, just trying to suck everything and get people to compliment you and you always getting the attention and stuff. Instead, you go through your day with, you know, with it going the opposite direction, thinking about how can I bless this person? What can I do for them? Self-centeredness is the source of all pride. It's the source of all grief. And the opposite of that, true humility, is where you just don't really promote yourself. You don't think about yourself. Now, you're, you're aware of yourself. You can't be unaware of yourself because you are yourself. But you aren't focused on yourself. You don't have to always be the center of attention. You don't have to be the one that gets all of the credit. You are out to bless other people, and you would just as soon see other people prosper. You would, you would rather see other people take the credit in yourself. And it's not that you hate yourself. It's not that you're putting yourself down. You know, if God has done something like God has built us a campus here and we now have $120 million worth of assets in nine years with $20 million worth of indebtedness. And I'm getting rid of that indebtedness quickly. But you know what? I'm not saying that to pump me up and to pat myself on the back. I can't do it. It was God. And there's nothing wrong with me telling people that, man, look what God has done. If I'm bragging on God, if I'm giving the glory to God, but if I go around saying things, trying to get people to always recognize me, that would be selfish. That would be self-centered. That would be pride. So I'm out of time today. I've got a lot more to share. But this little booklet, 
entitled Self-Centeredness, the Source of All Grief. We also have it in Spanish. This is our free gift to you. No charge to it. We want to bless you. I promise you this would change your life. So I encourage you to listen to our announcer. He's going to give you the information about how to receive this product. And please call or write today and join me again tomorrow as I continue this teaching on self-centeredness. Andrew's complete teaching titled, Self-Centeredness, The Source of All Grief, is available in a 56-page booklet. And today, Andrew would like to offer this booklet in either English or Spanish as his free gift to you when you contact us. This offer is limited to one free book per household and is only available in the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. This teaching is also available as a single CD or DVD made from our daily television broadcast. Each of these valuable resources is available for a gift of any amount. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. We want to say a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. Your gifts make it possible to put free ministry materials into the hands of many people in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I wanted to let you know that we have now teamed up with a ministry called I Donate so that we can receive cars and boats and stocks and jewelry. We have only done this a very short period of time and already we've had tens of thousands of dollars worth of things donated. People, you know, that don't have cash, but they have something that they want to donate. So if you're interested in that, you can follow the information on the screen and participate. And we would love to help you give these assets to the ministry. You're going to hear things. You're going to start understanding things, seeing things from a different way. This is called the Summer Family Bible Conference. Guess what? That's not just because you brought your kids. It's because in this room, we're family. There's nobody in here that God doesn't want to prosper. He sees a purpose in you that He wants to set free. Listen, you've been sowing, sowing, sowing. It's time for us to reap our harvest. It's going to completely change the way that you live your life. Harris, an accredited Bible college in the beautiful town of Woodland Park, has been changing people's lives for over 25 years. The people here are so like-minded. They want to help you grow. These are people who genuinely care about you. They want the best for you. Be prepared to be blown away with the teachings. It's not just a season in your life. There's no way you can't change. You can't really go wrong going to a place that you get to sit and listen to the Word for four hours a day. Being under the Word that much just allowed God to pour so much into me. If you feel supernatural peace about coming to Karis, that's God. I know you're like, how, when, where, all these questions, just do it. The Lord will provide. 
I was doubting and second-guessing it, but when I took that step of faith, immediately, like, things were provided. Just being around like-minded believers, teachers who are there for you and ready to talk to you at any moment and answer your questions, there's just nothing like it. Just follow the leading of the one that you serve, and that's always going to be the right direction to go. Go to karisbiblecollege.org to register today.